hello everyone and welcome back to episode 9 of the Lovecast. Um, how is everyone doing? How's your finals going? Um, I hope they're going well. They're kicking my butt. It is just an absolutely beautiful day here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, 79 degrees and sunny. It's been beautiful last week. Uh, life is good. Life is good. We got the Celtics coming up tonight. Uh, big, huge game. Basically our game seven. <laughs> we're, we're fighting for our... The, our season here in uh, Milwaukee. We're not even going to talk about the last game. Coming up, we're, I'm going to be talking with my cousin Jeff and Jordan about some UFC. Feig, Jordan, and I are going to be talking a little NBA. We're going to be reacting to some of the series we haven't talked about too much uh, this playoffs, which would be the uh, Suns-Maverick series and the um, Philly and the Heat series. And then we're going to have Butsy and Feig on again from the gambling couch to uh, talk a little bit of, about our betting cards for tonight. And yeah, it's just going to be a really good episode. Uh, I'm really happy with this one. Um, I just wanted to update you guys with some stats. Uh, we're coming in with, we're now up to nine countries worldwide, and we are now live in Maine, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Connecticut, <coughs> excuse me, Rhode Island, New York, New Jersey, um, Pennsylvania, Maryland, almost in the I'm not going to call it Delaware. We're not in Delaware yet. Uh, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Ohio, Illinois, Michigan. Shout out Kansas. There's a lot of list. There's a pocket of listeners in Kansas. We got some in Texas, one in Colorado. Shout out California. We got a good amount of listeners there in Florida. And then shout out, shout out Statesboro, Georgia. Um, you guys have been killing it. I don't know. I don't know who's out there, but uh, we have a lot of good listeners from there and shout out my hometown or all of our hometowns bedford new hampshire uh manchester new hampshire and in just the boston area you guys are killing it we're almost up to 400 downloads all time and yeah we're we're loving the growth um we're so excited to be able to do this i just wanted to say again how thankful i am that people even listen to this or care about this at all um this is a really good group of guys and and girls now too with Peyton. And if you want to be a part of it, please feel free to reach out. If um, you know we think that you have what you what you need, like we'll definitely consider giving you an opportunity for a podcast or uh, anything like that. So always feel free to reach out. And we love diversity here. So you know um, anyone like if you don't think we're gonna accept you or <laughs> be interested in what you have to say, reach out like reach out then because. That's probably someone that I'm going to be interested in wanting to hear from because, uh, let's face it, I don't want to listen to a bunch of the same uh, demographic over and over again. Like I like to have a little bit of diversity in my opinions, and I just think it makes for a better podcast. So yeah, feel feel free to reach out. Um, if you guys wanted to give us any questions or topics to talk about, you can email the Lovecast at Lovecast, uh, capital L, capital C at gmail.com. Um, we're also live on Instagram, TikTok, and we're working on our Facebook account. We're, we've had some issues with that right now, but we're going to start posting an Instagram soon once finals are over for everyone. We're able to take this a little bit more uh, seriously, and then we're going to be continuing to post on TikTok, which we've been posting clips from the episodes, so check those out if you want to see our our uh, beautiful faces. Um, but yeah, with that, we're going to be getting into some uh, NBA with Fag and Jordan, and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Lovecast, everyone. Uh, we got Jeff here, uh, back for our UFC segment. Uh, UFC Saturday coming up on May 14th. Jeff, how you feeling? 
I'm feeling pumped. Fucking Polish power, baby. Let's go. Oh, yeah. 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 A lot of, a lot of Polacks on the card. Uh, yes, let's sir. talk about it. Uh, who are you excited for, Jeff? Get started with Jan. Jan Blachowicz, I can't wait for Polish power to come back, try and come mm. back for a title shot. It, this, I feel like, is a clear number one contender fight in a kind of stagnant 205 division. I mean, we have Glover versus Yuri, which is going to be a, probably a banger because Yuri always brings the action and you never know what good old Glover's going to bring out. Yeah. But I'm so excited for this fight here. Jan and Rackage, if they keep it on the feet, it's going to be an absolute battle. Yeah, I'm, this this was also one of my favorite fights. Um, for those of you don't, that don't know, Jeff and I are cousins, but on our opposite sides, we are both Polish. So Polish power, let's fucking go. Um, Bukowicz, he comes in at six foot two, two hundred five. He gives up a pound to uh, Rock Rakic. Is that how you say it? Yeah, Alexander Rakic. Yeah. Rakic. Uh, he's um, two hundred six and six foot four. So. He's a little bit taller. Um, they both fight orthodox. And this is like Jeff said, this is going to be if they decide to stand and bang, this is going to be a really interesting fight because they both have a 78 inch reach. So um, if they get into close quarters, it's going to be a little bit different. But if they keep this at length, they can really put one another away. And also, uh, Blakovich is kind of known for going for like a shoot and then uh, finishing the like thing with a uh right hand hook that puts people to sleep so if he can land that that'll be big yeah. um they're gonna want to i think blakovich is gonna want to keep it cor- uh, close quarters jordan what are your thoughts on that so i'm just guessing uh you guys are rooting for uh blakovich um, oh, of course jeff no do doubt. you think do you think he'll win or are you just rooting for him um it's <sighs> it's hard for me to decide honestly because I think Alexander Rakic, he's really the full package, and he's super young and athletic. He's kind of been finishing fights exactly how Jan's been getting finished recently, which is bringing it to the ground and getting controlled on the ground. But I don't know. I really want Jan to come back and win, and hopefully after that Glover fight and after losing the belt, he can work on his – he actually worked on his ground defense, and he can actually not get – destroyed by rackage because if they stand it up i think that polish power wins every time Polish power yeah um i think blakovich uh he's a brazilian jiu-jitsu artist i think um that can help him maybe if he's able to if he trained that well enough um he should be a better all-around fighter compared to um rockage which comes in as a at a striker the problem with people with the guys fighting at light heavyweight and heavyweight is that um, one punch put can put them out like they those two classes have the highest knockout rates so all skill and everything aside you have to keep you have to protect your chin and um Rakic has four, two inches on Blakovich, which is not something to like l- look past like that's something yeah. that is going to affect how he throws a little bit not that that's like a huge deal but that's just something that maybe can be used to an advantage when it turn in terms of um keeping your chin tucked and hiding your face from punishment because what you want to avoid is those knockout power, those knockout hits. And like we said, Bukovic has a right hook that can put you out. So you got to watch out for that. Yeah. So do you have a pick max? Bukovic. Uh, I can't, I can't bet against mother Poland. Yes, you know? sir. All yeah. right. 
All right. That's going to be sick to watch. It's in um, our blood. We have to bet. Yeah. Uh, you guys got anything else on that fight or you want to move on to something else you're excited for? Let's move on. I'm going to go to my, um, so we both had, uh, Blakovich Rakic's number one, uh, fight to watch. Um, the second fight I'm excited for is Davy Grant versus Luis Smolka. Um, Davy Grant is out of the United Kingdom. Um, he, he's, a he's Brazilian jiu-jitsu and he's faced against, uh, Luis Smolka, who's a striker. He comes in at five foot eight and they're fighting at 135. Smolka's five foot nine. Um, I just, <clears throat> they're both coming off a couple of losses. Uh, I don't really know like too much about Smolka, but I like Davy Grant in this. Um, he just, he, uh, he's he's giving up a half or he has a half inch longer reach he comes in fighting orthodox and uh he's just an aggressive fighter and i like his movement he has uh he's coming off of two decision losses so it's not like he's been knocked out or... two dogs two absolute yeah animals yes to he Chito fought vera and adrian yana yeah two are Ch- absolute animals exactly we've talked cheeto vera before um before his win so those guys have really done some work he's he has um he comes in 13, six and zero with three and zero and uh, TKOs, TKOs, and then um, eight and four submissions. So like he can put you out in a couple of different ways with his jujitsu. Um, I just like him in this fight against Smoka. I'm not a huge fan of Smoka. He's on a lost streak to um, to Vince Morales and uh, Quino- Jose Quinones, and both of them were by KO. Or sorry, he won against Quinones by KO, but he lost to Vince Morales by uh, KO. So you have to watch for his chin a little bit because he's been knocked out. I just would, uh, that's a fight that interests me. Yeah. Jeff, do you, uh, do you know, uh, Smoko well? Uh, not too well. I, I'm not too big on Louis Smoko, honestly, either. He's got a, I'm, quite the history. Yeah. I'm big fan of Davy Grant though, because he fights absolute dogs and at least they both bring it to the table. Louis Smoko has eight, finishes by KO TKO 47% of his fights finished that way. So yeah. I mean, at least he's going to bring excitement. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is going to be an exciting fight and I think it's a knockout possibility fight. That's why I wanted to highlight it. Uh, I just think that there's a, yeah. there's a chance that we get a, we under- see a big KO. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, let's move on. Jeff, I know you wanted to talk a, a little bit about Andre Petrovsky who's fighting first. Yeah. I'm really high on this guy. He's from kind of around my area, you know, Philly, Delaware, Maryland area. Andre Petrovsky is, he's a son of a Penn State uh, wrestler. He, he's from last season of tough. He was pretty much a main focal point of last season of the ultimate fighter. He was the second pick overall, big favorite to win it. He's coming off. Oh, who did he fight last? I can check that while you're talking. Actually, yes, he lost to. Uh, he won to um, Hu Yao Zong via submission, yeah. and then he beat Michael Gilmore by TKO. His last loss yeah. was Brian Battle. Yeah, who, lost who, to won, who ended up winning the Ultimate Fighter season. Mm. But yeah. this fight is going to be an absolute grapple match, and it's going to be beautiful because you're going to see very high-level wrestling versus very high-level Nick and Nate Diaz Army Jiu-Jitsu and Nick Maximal. Cool. Yes. But I, but Andre Petrowski, he is an absolute 
animal of a person. If you see him, he's a mammoth. He is built. It's crazy. He's very short and very stocky, and I think he could possibly overpower him. Yeah, so he comes in at six foot one eighty five. Um, so much of the sport is about build, and that kind yeah. of um is gonna uh tell you what sort like <clears throat> not tell you, but it it may uh push you in a certain uh art form that you're like pursuing. For instance, jujitsu versus uh like boxing stuff like that. Um, so and a lot of these different variations of martial arts are based on someone being smaller and needing to fix um like the what they were doing and the technique to benefit them because they were smaller and um anyways petrosky has the perfect build for a wrestler like we talked last time about khabib how khabib has the perfect wrestler build he's got a massive head um and he's he's short and stocky well petrosky comes in at six foot 185 um that's pretty short and stocky like he's gonna he comes in as a freestyle wrestler and um, he's fighting Maximov, who's an MMA artist that we talked about. Like, so Jordan, I don't know how much you know about the Diaz brothers. I'm I'm sure I know you're familiar with them. I don't know how much. Do you know much about like their history and like what they're not about? really? I just I really just know the names. Okay, so they're like, it's a, it's a lot to get into and a lot to unpack. Yeah. We, we're not going to do that now because th- this would be this. You could talk about yeah. them for like hours, but basically, um, they're they're veterans now and um they're crazy they're known for their crazy style like they're jeff why don't you describe them a little bit better i feel like you'd find the words better for they're they're absolutely nuts they well first off their endurance they have their endurance of fucking animals because they're triathletes they train by swimming back and forth to alcatraz apparently they're from wow. Stockton, California, and they will slap you in the middle of a ring. It's like they God. like God. like actually slap. Like they're That's like funny. it's like his bitch slap move. He did it to Connor like a couple times where he literally open hand slaps you and flips you off. And rub blood on his face, on his belly. He'll yeah. flip. He'll flip Both you of off. Them. Nick Both and them. Nate, they are they fight, absolute animals. That they sounds fight awesome. Baked off their out of their ass, like they'll fight. Like uh, oh really? Yeah, Nick. Uh, Nick got banned for five years by. The UFC oh. or however many years for weed. And also when he was in Japan, I believe he fought, I forget what promotion he was with, but he fought someone and he was um, deemed to be like so high. He couldn't even feel pain when he was fighting. Yeah. Oh, and he that's, won. And he won. that's awesome. Yeah. And they and also, they also good hold, strategy. A, hold a weed Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, tournament all the time in uh, Las Vegas called High Rollers. <laughs> i did not know that and then also um they have there's some art there they're uh martial artists that have like that are the only ones to do like specific i don't know which specific ones off the top of my head but they're like do specific submission wins that like not no one else yes has. they are known for their crazy jujitsu crazy yeah. endurance and they still get it done on their feet they love boxing yeah they yeah, love so, they love us like a brawl and just so fighting yeah, yeah. So speaking of that, and they're is... known for getting cut a lot. So they're the coaches of um, Maximov. Yeah, is so, why we bring them up. Got it. So to they, transition into them is is Nate Diaz now rumored to be fighting Chandler? So Chandler and Diaz were going at it on Twitter. Um, Diaz, we're not going at it. They were just like calling out each other about the fight. So Diaz on um, May eighth tweeted July thirtieth one seventy pounds, and then 
I was trying to find it on Chandler's Twitter, but he tweets so fucking much that I couldn't find it. But um, he he requote he like quote tweeted the thing and agreed to the fight. And then uh, Nate added a new tweet, and it was a picture of them of Chandler and Nate, and it said like UFC make the contract happen or whatever. But now Nate's also like angry at the UFC. So I don't know how that like if this fight will happen at one seventy pounds, but it's just something to like kind of put out there uh me and jeff were just talking about like the lightweights are in shambles right now uh Oliveira has basically like we don't know who he's gonna fight next for the title and then um we have like whatever chandler's gonna do mcgregor will be is he 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 wants to fight at 170 right jeff or 175 what is he looking at yeah i think he's gonna want to come back at 170 he's about 190 right now yeah, he's he's That's looking big. Without being able to train and all with his yeah. leg and all, he well, he's finally coming back to training. Yeah, but yeah, he's probably gonna be fighting at one seventy. Yeah, so McGregor's gonna come back too. Now we have to figure out what to do with him, and then you have to figure out what to do with Makachev, um, and Benil. Like it's it's a mess right now. So there's so yeah. much order. Yeah. So back to the potential Diaz Chandler. Um, would there be a heavy favorite there? You guys think, or someone you guys would like in that fight? I'm guessing uh, Chandler would come in as the favorite, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Even though Diaz showed that he can knock out a fucking contender, he almost knocked out Leon Edwards last true. fight. Yeah. Instead, um, he pointed at him. Yeah. Also, <laughs> that's yeah, like he had the chance to knock him out and just fucking point at him. <laughs> um, Diaz, it's going to be an interesting fight because Diaz is, I believe, six foot one and Chandler's five eight. So that's kind of a oh, weird. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's a yeah. weird. Um, yeah. Just, They're like, complete opposite builds. Yeah. Um, Chandler's or Diaz is built more like long and long slender. Slender. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Chandler, Chandler is short and stocky. So it's going to be an interesting fight. It'll be interesting to see what, what happens with that. But I wouldn't hold my breath because, like we said, the lightweight uh, situation is. is like all over the place so yeah jeff what's your uh i believe is this your second or your third fight we're talking about i think second or third yeah third fight what's your third fight third fight actually it's a fighter that i'm very excited about yep. um it's jake hadley he was yeah. a former uh what is it? uh cage wars champion just like patty pimlet just like conor mcgregor just like michael bisping mm. he He's an absolute animal at taking the back. Just he's reminds me of an Aljamain Sterling, like yes. just how quick he is to take the back and get a rear naked like choke a spider. in. Just, yeah, finish a fight. He's an absolute dog. His entrance to the UFC is a very weird one. Also, when he and when he fought in Dana White's Contender Series, mm-hmm. won the fight. But he missed weight. Oh, similar to someone. So he Olivera'd it. But guess what? <laughs> guess what Dana did. What? Oh, he fucking let him do it. Yeah, he said, "Fuck off, Nick Nate, Nick Maynard and Sean Shelby." I want this man in the UFC. They were pissed. Wow. But he still ended up signing them. Wow. Now, I guess Dana can just special. fucking do what he wants. Well, he can. Yeah, That's Dana what's beautiful, like, about, beautiful about the sport. Is yeah. He actually can. There's no governing body. Like there's no, that's what's weird about it. So they, he can he can actually do whatever he wants. So if he wanted to give, um, Oliveira the title, he could have. He just doesn't. Yeah. Do it. That's stupid. He should be 
getting the title, the championship. He was off by half a pound, half a pound on a broken scale or whatever, possibly broken. Uh, like yeah. it, 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 that'll be conspiracy for the rest of time, but you know, yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, that's a great pick. Uh, this could be an awesome fight. Jordan, are you familiar with Patty Pimble? I'm sure you are. He's all over. Um, not really. No. Are you, so you haven't heard of Patty the Batty? He's got Patty like the Batty. Patty the Batty. Yeah. All right. Look up. Look him up real quick. If you'll see his face, he's um. Oh boy. He's out of. Uh, I don't want to. Is it England? I I don't know. He's out of somewhere. I'm gonna look that up too, just to make sure that Liverpool. I don't. Liverpool. Out of Liverpool. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> this guy's a stud. Yeah, he gets fat in the off season, but he he can submit you and knock you out. He's a really fun fighter. He's an absolute animal. Yeah, he is. He's I like him a Fighting lot. Fighting in the O2 again coming soon. Yeah. With first... another Liverpool fighter, the most popular ever, Darren Till. They're both yeah. absolute scousers. They yeah. don't get knocked <laughs> out, mate. They're <laughs> fucking awesome. And Darren and, Till and is and Molly Meatball. Oh, I oh love God. Molly Meatball, dude. She's from that area too. She's she fucking dude. Her last fight, she knocked that girl out, right? She, yeah, that was oh, that was a big one. Um, MMA's some of the yeah. best in the world. Yes, right now it's a hotbed, and it has been. Um, it's yeah, those guys are tough. They're street all and girls. Any any of them are. They're all fucking warriors out of there. Um, that's a great fight. My final fight is um uh johnson versus patrick i just think that this is going to be a retirement fight or not a retirement fight but they they're fighting for the contracts both of them are they're both on um no doubt like i think johnson's on like a three fight win lose streak and then um alan patrick's on a on a uh decision loss no contest decision unanimous and a ko loss so he's all he's also on a three fight or lose streak yeah it sounds like whoever wins and then UFC, whoever loses, probably going Eagle FC. Yeah, so yeah. Th- this definitely <laughs> coming for him. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. So, so like whatever, like this, that means that this fight is gonna you're gonna see some shit that, or potentially like if they maybe they're gassed out, but you would hope to see two guys giving it giving it their all and fighting for their job. Yeah. So, do you that's guys? Why that uh, fight yeah. Look good. Do you guys have any leans in that fight? Johnson, I think, would be my lean. I don't know. <sighs> Dude, Michael Johnson is just out of it. He True. a very good NBA comparison. I heard about him. I forget where I heard this from, so I can't give the credit. I'm sorry, but yeah. Demarcus Cousins. Oh, yeah. that's bad. Very yeah. good NBA <laughs> comparison. Like he yeah. peaked and he was pretty decent. He fought very good fighters, but he's just he's been through some brawls. Not, like he he's not ideas. that anymore. Benil, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lauzon. Uh, Castillo, Tony Ferguson, uh, <clears throat> like he's fought. Some those are big, yeah, those are really big fighters. Gaethje, uh, Feely, yeah. who we talked about, um, Clay Gita, uh, like he's just he's his career is twenty seventeen and zero. Like, um, you can only like your body can only handle so many. That's the thing about KOs is your uh, once you get knocked out, it like your body can only handle it so much. Yeah, so like. You those knockouts are actually important. Like you can, you're not going to see the, the you same. You leave a part of you on the mat. Yes, which <clears throat> can't be understated. So when these guys go on fight losses, like even if he's not getting knocked out, he's losing. If he gets concussed in that fight, or just the damage that he may take if it's an impactful fight, that take that takes a piece of him out. So it's hard because when they're at this stage in their career, you know they're going to give it their all, and you know that like obviously something big's going to happen potentially if they're both giving it their all but like 
when you're when you're washed out like that it's not like the nba where maybe you change your diet and become a little bit better yeah like, like you only so, have Max, so many knockouts in you um despite all that you still like him in this fight and jeff not so much i just like johnson um he had kind of a big head and he got uh he he got like there's there's the montages of him um you know just having a big head and then getting humbled but um especially against gaichi but uh he's a wrestler he comes in 510 155 patrick comes in as a striker 511 155 i just um when it comes to, i think if he's going to be safe i like him as a submission artist and um yeah. wrestler and i just like his build and his length and i like maybe the idea of him just rapping and going for a good ground game to win. So, you know, it, I, I just, I, I, it's not so much that I like him like overwhelmingly. I said it pretty quickly. I just, yeah, you know, I know his game a little bit better. So if I was to bet, I would put my own him, but yeah, Got I'm not going to touch it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a great segment. Uh, good job, boys. Um, we're going to be on Monday, back on Monday with the UFC guys talking our reviews to this fight card. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, go Polacks everywhere. Shout out Mother Poland. <laughs> Polish um, power. God, Polish let's power. go, baby. Let's go, Bukovic. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> I'll be wrapped up in the flag. Yeah, I'll be wrapped up in the flag on the couch later that <laughs> Saturday night. So, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be right back with uh, some basketball. Uh, welcome back. We're here with our boy, Andrew Feigenbaum. We're going to talk some NBA reactions. Feig, how you feeling today? Uh, feeling good, you know. Watched uh, watched two uh, very interesting games of basketball today and uh, ready to talk about them. Yeah, so uh, let's start with the Heat and the Sixers. Uh, first of all, what do you think of just the series overall? Uh, personally, uh, I think like really when you look at like how the series ended up unfolding, the team that just like purely like worked harder and like deserved it throughout like yeah. the whole year ended up actually winning it. Um, just like throwing together Harden on the team initially it's funny like how's time out today like i thought that team was gonna tear it up like Harden looked really good and man the wheels just fell off so fast and Mm. it shows when you don't care take care of your body in your mid-20s you're not gonna be able to be sustainable i mean going out clubbing and stuff like that so i mean Harden is really he really really hurt the team i mean he didn't even have a point in the second half yeah, I know. The, the only question I have about the series overall is uh, how big of a factor do you think Embiid's injury was? Oh, huge. Big. Like, if he was fully healthy, they could have won that series despite Harden playing bad, right? Yeah. I, I think so. I mean, it's hard to say just because Harden really he, – he, he was real tough. I know Embiid wasn't 100%, but – uh, it just like felt around like the whole the whole Sixers team, even if Embiid was fully healthy, there really wasn't like a lot of help around. Like Maxi wasn't like amazing this series. I mean, given Tobias it was, was pretty, all right, like, Tobias was okay, but it was like he was standard. They don't Tobias. have that de facto two, and it's they haven't had one since. Ironically enough, like the guy playing on the other team. Yeah, Jimmy Butler, and I mean, he was going crazy. Yeah, no, um, I feel so bad for Joel Embiid because he's such a good player, and he carried that team. That team should not have been where they're at. Um, if you look at their, actually, well, no, they, their personnel is good. They just didn't really perform well. And when yeah. you have a James Harden performing the way he was performing, um, there's no way they were going to win that series. I'm like, yeah, Miami's good. They're underrated. Um, it, I thought it was a boring series, in my opinion. I just couldn't really get too into watching it. 
Jordan. It definitely was um, slightly boring, but I do want to bring up before we move on to what we think the Sixers should do. Jimmy Butler's just playing out of his mind right now. He's hit now. threes now. He's hit and, threes now. Like the whole season, everyone talked about how the Heat were good, but they're not really a real contender because Jimmy might not be that guy. He averaged 21, four, and six uh, in the regular season. He's now averaging 28, five, and six on 54% shooting and 37 from the field or from the three. So I don't know, dude, if Jimmy's playing like this, they can get to the finals and like they have a chance, in my opinion. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I was just going to add on to that. I think like I think the perfect coach to pair Jimmy Butler with is Eric Spolster. I think Eric Spolster might, in my opinion, I think he's the best coach in the league. He's very underrated, uh, too. He's very uh, good. year after year. I mean, he doesn't necessarily have like the best squads. I mean, post LeBron. Uh, but. After the after that year, he's taken a lot of like mediocre squads compared to the rest of the pack. I mean, I wouldn't say this this team is mediocre, but like if you compare them amongst the league, that's their question was, are they a real one seed? So I don't know. They play really good defense. I mean, every possession, the Sixers were passing for their lives. Like that whole second half, they couldn't hit anything. So yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I don't know how high their ceiling is, but. If Jimmy keeps playing like this, I mean, it could be as high as championship. Well, one guy we got to talk about too is Adebayo. Like, he's such a unique player defensively and offensively. Like, um, how are, how are the Celtics or the Bucks going to game plan for him specifically? Like, he he could be someone that um is the perfect kind of counter to LeBron because or not LeBron Giannis because basically like we like Grant Williams on uh, Giannis because of how physical he is and then we also like Tatum on Giannis because of how of his length he can bother Tatum and he can not block him but he can like at least make it difficult for him to shoot Bam has both of those in one package so if the Bucks uh win um like that's gonna be a difficult matchup for them because of Adebayo and then like going in the finals, even like that, he's just going to be a hard thing to plan around. Yeah, I agree. I think if the Bucks get by the Celtics, I would take the Heat in that series because of the Heat's defense and because of how Jimmy's playing. But we'll see. Uh, let's move on to the real uh, hot topic debate. Um, part of why uh, Fag wanted to come on today. Let's talk about what the Sixers should do with James Harden. So, Fag, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, in my opinion, you can you cannot give that guy a super max. Uh, I I know that a lot of people are saying that like there's not a lot of like choice, like they don't have a lot of choices. But it's like, I mean, watching what what had just occurred during that series throughout the year, um, it just wasn't pretty at the end. That's not the same James Harden. You're gonna lock up so much money with him. I do think they needed to. And they probably do need a point guard. Um, I haven't really taken a look at who those free agents are yet, but I think getting a point guard and filling out role players around the team, that's like the best way to build it. And they need they need a, a, a solid backup behind Embiid because they're just too Joel Embiid reliant. That's why filling it out with more role players will allow to take stress off of him. And honestly, part of the problem is he's, just getting fouled too much. That's why he's always banged up. Like he's got the ball in his hands too much. So you got to try to take some stress off him. We, we need to build, a, or they need to build around Embiid. He's a unique talent. He's special, and you want him to want to stay. So I, if, I, if I'm them, I'm thinking I might uh, 
do something a little bit different, like a little bit bigger, maybe. Uh, granted, I'm not like a huge watcher of Philadelphia basketball, so I don't know like who they would be willing to part with. But if I, I kind of would like to see maybe an upgrade at the Tobias Harris position, I'm even though he went to UT, I'm not a huge fan of him. He's just not very uh, like consistent and he's hard to rely on. I like him as like maybe a fifth or sixth option, maybe even a fourth. But um, right now they're they're kind of using him as a second or third option, which is a big which is a big uh, reason for their offensive inefficiencies. And when Harden's playing like this, he's he, he has to be a second option, which is not good. Five, what are your thoughts? Uh, I was just gonna say, I mean, part of the problem too is, I mean, they're paying Harris like a number two or three option, yeah. which is just yeah, that that's a big part of the he problem. He disappears too. in games. You can watch an entire game. He's like, just not that Harris, good. Let's be play. honest. Yeah, he's, I don't know he's why. Really, just not that good. I've he's, never yeah, been a huge fan of him. He's not, especially, especially when he doesn't have the ball in his hands too. He's not really a catch and shoot guy. Oh. Like in years past, when when like Harden wasn't there, he actually was like a little bit more effective because like he is good with the ball in his hands. But like that's not really what the Sixers need. The Sixers need a guard that can handle the ball and Embiid. They need guys. They need to surround three and D guys around them. Okay, so I want to give my take on Harden. So I don't think they should sign him to the supermax, like you said, Fag. I don't know. Is he eligible for the supermax, or is it just a max? No, he's eligible for like a four-year, two hundred seventy-eight million dollar deal. Okay, so I don't think they should give him that. I do think they should sign him if they can to a smaller deal. And what I think will definitely happen is they will fire Doc yeah, and get a new coach and believe that the reason Harden is playing this bad is because of the system and, yeah. and the coaching. That's what I think will happen, whether it's true or not. I don't know. But I do think Harden can mold his game um, and become a playmaker and a 18-point-per-game scorer with 10 assists. I think he can do that. Uh, he's not going to be the Harden that they signed or that they that they wanted when they signed him um i i think they're i think they're going to sign him and i think they should sign him to a smaller deal if they give him the supermax that's a mistake if that's all he wants then you should let him go what do you think max well yeah so i agree with that i think um playing devil's advocate here like so doc's not daryl's guy so we get say you get rid of daryl or sorry you get rid of doc um, you bring in Daryl's handpicked coach, someone that he believes in, someone that he's going to pick to fit the offense around Joel Embiid and James. Here and Dan Tony. <laughs> yeah, that would be that's that would be a good decision for yeah. fixing yeah. Harden. And then, like Harden could be injured too, which like maybe so. Say we give him a year. Like now he has a that's full off season to recover. Maybe he actually takes care of his body. Maybe he's embarrassed about this and he fucking gets on a green diet or some shit. He stops drinking and. Maybe he comes back, new look hard in. Maybe he actually takes it because from all accounts, like, or not from all accounts, but I have heard people on podcasts, former teammates and stuff like that say that he is actually a hard worker. And I can't imagine like, he's going to let this be something like, I, I have a feel like, I don't know. Then again, I could see him not giving a fuck. Like I really can't tell how to like read this guy. Cause he's all over the place. But anyways, um, so yeah, they'll have a new year together with a, with a coach that with a system tailored to them. And yes, um, I just had a quick question. What do you guys think they should do with Tybal? Because he did not look good at all this this series, like the and the last one too. I don't know what's wrong with him. Like that's uh, a big piece. I mean, he's still a really really good defender. And yeah, last series, last series, I can't like 
really fairly evaluate because he didn't play in any of the games of Toronto. Yeah. Um, and I didn't watch enough of him this series, but I do know that like Danny Green did emerge and Danny having, Green. Like, wait, Danny Green suffered a major, major injury did, yeah. today, uh, yeah. and I, I, I that could be the end of it for him. He is very old. He could retire. That was a very major injury. I'm not. I'm. I'm like they're saying that he could have gotten significant uh, damage in his knee. And he yeah. is getting up there in age. I could see him retiring after that one. That was pretty significant. Or just never being the same guy. Yeah. Either way, I would say they're they're not going to have him for this season. There's no way. Or yeah. at least for a big big chunk of that this season, which is a big factor for this team. Yeah, to, to add on to um, uh, Thibault, um Also, too, I mean, this series only went uh, six games. Hmm. And, like, the first two, I mean – no one really played well. Let's be honest with the team revolves around Embiid. Like the offense just yeah. won't work without him. So, mm-hmm. but I yeah, still so, think he's important. Like he's a great defender. So, Fig, what do you think about the scenario of keeping Harden with a new coach on not the Supermax deal? Are you still like against that, that? Well, I'll, I have, I'll do a take on both Harden and Doc and then what I think they should do and what I think about that. So, First on Doc, um, the team, like, just doesn't listen to him. Like, there's no voice. Um, yeah. Like, I was watching that game, and just the amount of, like, offensive rebounds that he got, um, just from, like, simple, like, lack of hustle or, like, lack of, like, care, uh, pretty embarrassing. There's got to be a new guy in charge. Um, And then when looking at Harden, I just don't think he's a championship-level player. Um. He doesn't work hard, like especially considering the condition he's in. He always wants out. He's wanted out of two teams in the past two years. I mean, that's a big part of it. I mean, he can't make it work. He's always going to want to jump ship. Um, and I think he's really just fallen off a cliff, and that's what happens when you don't take care of yourself. And in response to pairing Harden with D'Antoni, I think we've seen a Harden before – at a way better stage in his career with D'Antoni, and they were never able to win anything. And they tried they didn't have so Embiid, many, though. But they tried so many comp they tried so many combinations. And I don't and I understand that they do have Embiid, but I mean Harden just turns the ball over so much. Like he's not getting the benefit of the call. Two reasons. Like, yeah, they changed some of the shooting foul calls this year. But also, too, mm-hmm. when you're getting when you're like scoring 30. 35 plus you're going to get more foul calls. Like when you're getting 50 degrees, like not going to get to the line as much. So it's also just not as explosive. So he's not like <laughs> there's just so, so, so many times where he just dribbles into the paint and it's just like loses the ball. Like it's, it's not just, just the really calls. Bad. It's it's, he's actually not getting fouled. Like he used to actually draw fouls. He's not drawing fouls anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, that is part of it too. Yeah. But I was, I was just using that as he used to be so reliant at getting to the line. Mm-hmm. Um, where you sometimes get those like if he calls, he's not even getting those. But I agree, like he's just getting like dom- he looks like he's getting physically dominated out there. Yeah, I think Fag. The one thing you're underestimating is that this is like a he's still a dynamic like he's a former MVP, still a dynamic player. I think um like those guys are on it. They have a different mentality and way of thinking of the game, and I think that he might be able to mold his game to be better. And if I'm giving it one more season, though. Like, if he does not mold his game this season to the Sixers, 
organization or new coach or whatever, and he's still playing, or not even this season, like halfway through the season, if he's still a bum, I'm, I'll try and get rid of him. Um, his value is going to be way like rock bottom and you won't be able to, but I, I like signing him to a smaller contract. I think that's the upside There is a lot greater than the risk, I would I would say. Um, but yeah, no, I just think, uh, Jordan, did, did you have something on that? I just think they gave up too much for him to only give him half a season. But he was they, sitting like they, Ben. I, I mean, don't think I, they gave up that much. Yeah, Ben Simmons wasn't an asset. I really though, don't so. think they gave up much. He was like a tainted I, asset. Like right, Ben Simmons doesn't even like basketball. But the thing like is, the, yeah. trade, value, the trade was. No, 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 no. But his value was so high that imagine who else they could have got. Like. Ben Simmons' value yeah. is so high. They, dude, they got Harden for him when Harden. Oh yeah, was playing I see what well. you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, Not no, a lot of people they, they, they could have made a for Harden though. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it was like a huge, uh, like L trade. I still think they've won the trade so far. Like, I well, think there was a, another offer out there that they probably should have taken earlier that they could have gotten a better, more, more established player. But we can't answer yet because they still haven't had a full season together. That's my only point. They gave up. Maybe they didn't give give up a ton, but they gave up too much to only give him half a season. You have to give him another chance. In, Seth Curry in... was big. That was I a agree. big. That was a big throw. In. Yeah, that was a big Seth part Curry, of their offense. Seth Curry's a very good player. Yeah, but um, but at at two seventy eight though, you don't have to give him another shot. But Drummond's better than, and Drummond's better than they, uh, listen, DeAndre listen, Jordan. Like, like that was a big player for them to give up too. Yeah, I'm. Mean, I, I don't know personally. DeAndre like, Jordan's uh, unplayable. Like he's dog shit. Two seventy eight. When you look at too much. When you look at oh, the yeah. trade, yeah. When you look at the trade, like Ben Simmons. Let's be honest. Like that guy. Like I don't know when he's gonna play. Like what he did in the in that first series against the Celtics, really really soft. Like his team, very very. Not that like it would have really made a difference because, I mean, the whole Ben Simmons thing is a whole different. Whole. He's different, got like huh? surgery, right? Like he's. He got he, you know, I just yeah, honestly don't he think did. he cares about basketball that much. He doesn't really care. Um, and I think he's so messed up in the head. Yeah. Um, he just kind of okay. likes it, but yeah. Let's, um, let's wrap this up. Do you guys have any closing thoughts before we move on to Suns um, and Dallas? If I'm a Sixers fan, I wouldn't take this loss too hard. Like, this was the, – the, I like, I would still have um, a positive view on this offseason going into it. Now, if they make some mistakes in this offseason, like – then that's a little scary, but like, I, there's still hope, like there's still room for optimism. Like I, they're going to be okay. I'm not really too worried about them. I think there's a lot of, it's honestly going to be a fun and interesting experiment because like it's it, now we get to see someone like Taylor made it and be like, it's just going to be a whole new uh, change. So it's going to be interesting to see what ends up happening. Um, you guys have a good young core. Like Paul Reed is a player that's emerging. Um, I really like Tybal defensively, offensively. He's not great. Max is good. Yeah, Maxi's good. Um, even someone like Niang, he's not young, but he's not he's he's a good player. Like you got they have a good young core. They need to, I agree with five, they need to round out their role players more. Uh Danny They're Green's a little a big top loss. heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they don't have Feig. that, they don't have those middle five, six, seven, eight players that they need to like yeah. solidify. Fag, are you good or uh just last thing I'll say is like if I'm a sixer fan, like if they don't like hit a home run this off season. Like, cause obviously this is, this is a lot of big decisions going to tie up money. Like that. I don't know if they'll win a ring with Embiid cause he's not getting any healthier. He's not getting any younger and they've tried. This is the third experiment they've tried and it wasn't for very long, but yeah, like you can only do it so long. 
My uh, my last thought is, I think we're are we all in agreement that they have to fire Doc? Yes. Yes. Okay, that's, that's I, I, my I, only last thought. If he's not fired thought. by tomorrow, I'll be surprised. Like that's, he's gonna be yeah, fired so. That's quick. my only last thought. I think he. Are has there betting to go. odds up on that? I don't know, but uh, if they don't fire good. Doc, that is a that's a big mistake in my opinion. But okay, oh, yeah. let's move on. Okay, we are back with some Suns versus Dallas game six reactions. Um, I'll start us off here. Uh, Devin Booker, nineteen points, six for seventeen. I mean, this was a blowout basically the whole game. The the Mavs won by twenty. The thing that shocked me, um, Chris Paul, thirteen points. He only took seven shots. Hurt his hands. He's four for seven, and he had five turnovers and only four assists. I am really surprised at how CP's been playing. I know he has a history of not being great in the playoffs but i mean last year he was so good this whole season he's been so good i thought the suns was you know his reemergence as you know to prove himself and he hasn't been performing i'm uh, i'm not you know concerned about him i still believe in him but i don't know what are your guys thoughts on how cp's playing right now are you as shocked as me because i'm really really surprised yeah, I'm surprised. I he's another one. I think he might be injured. Um, but I'm surprised too. He this is his kind of last chance. I I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know how to bet this series. I'm not touching anything on this game seven. Like this is gonna be, uh, ridiculous. Like, it, I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, CP three. Like, I honestly think like Frank Nilakino was doing really well on him. Like, yeah. I know roughing like, him up. Yeah, dude. Like the way that he was guarding him, he would start with two hands like in his stomach and he would give like no space. And he just was had palms up and he just was playing guard and he was making contact with him. Like what, as he was dribbling up the court, he would had his chest out and he was making contact with Chris Paul the entire time. And it was yeah. throwing him off. And he, he just, had five turnovers. That's, that's not Chris Paul. Yeah, no. And, um, no one was throwing the ball. Like they were, they were Dallas was playing really long. And what they're doing is they were basically just, they were completely around the perimeter. They weren't really doing anything on the inside. They had a runner that would hang with DeAndre Ayton kind of. So, and that was usually yeah. Norm Powell or uh, the, uh, who else was that? Norm Powell and um, Cleaver. And it, they would kind of switch off between Ayton um, running with him in the paint. But other than that, it was four out def- defensively. And they were just so long, like no one could get anything through. It was insane to watch. They were locking up Devin Booker and um, yeah. Chris Paul. And then Luca offensively just carried the entire game. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Mike? Uh, I I thought it was like impressive how many passes they intercepted. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. Speaking of how they were playing on the perimeter, they really for, they. What I I felt like that they were doing is they were going with a very athletic lineup and yeah, Frankie. They Smokes. were trying to trap around around Chris Paul's mid range spots, and he didn't take any of those shots because it was no. never there. It's normally always there. That's his like bread and butter, and he would try kicking it out when he didn't have his, when he didn't have his either roller or that shot. And it was a lot of turnovers. Um, and I think it kind of goes back to, I was bringing this up also. I think Jason Kidd is kind of emerging as a. Yeah. He's, he's good been coaching coach. well. Uh, pretty impressive. I think they have a good, their five fits Luca well. Uh, Cause they have Kleba that can still guard that five but also guard like that four and three if they switch and then offensively um, he pops the fucking corner on that on those yeah luca drives and luca just hits him every time for that dagger three it's awesome it's he's yeah. a great player for them he's very valuable but i know it's really impressive and this game seven is going to be interesting i mean i think if luca wins this there's almost going to be a bit of like a passing of the torch like from cp to luca and it's like 
looking like this could really, really happen because no one expected this, and it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I just wanted to add on to the Jason Kidd point. Mm. Um, I think the offense is is mainly Luca being just really fucking dominant on offense, making plays, stuff like that. But man, I am surprised at how they're playing defense against the Suns team, and yeah. that that I think is Jason Kidd coaching and and showing uh, some real knowledge um, and proving himself as a coach which we haven't seen before, they are – I am shocked that the Suns aren't just torching them um, defensively. And Aiton has been a bright spot. He had 21 and 11 tonight on 10 for 16. But So, Jordan, how to, do you feel about him on your list? I was just going to say, I think I may have underrated him a little bit on my list. Um, but I, I'm really impressed with how they're playing defense. Um, what I want to know, though – well, I'll let you guys go. Go ahead, Fike. Uh, I was also going to I was going to add two things. One, it was good to see the Mavs score when Luca didn't have the ball in his hand. Yeah. As yeah. well as when he was on the bench. And at the time when the Mavs made the trade, uh, Chris stops. And I believe it may have been a pick for Dinwiddie and Bertons. Oh, it was like a, a lot of people weren't sure, like why that was made or whatnot. Like there was a lot of skepticism. And I think now it makes sense having when Luke or when Luca's off the floor, they can play Dinwiddie and he can still be serviceable enough where they don't just get blown off the court. Yeah. So I was just going to uh, bring up Dinwiddie. He is so efficient tonight, five for seven. He had, uh, I believe 15 points. Let me check that up real quick. Yeah. He had 15 points, um, two blocks. Uh, oh, sorry. Zero block. Wait, wait. Yeah. Sorry. Zero blocks, one steal, three assists and a rebound. Um, He's just like a great, uh, he can man your second unit really nicely. I kind of, um, I, I, I really like him just because like, he's usually pretty efficient and he has the ability to hit game winners, which he hit like a couple in a row this season. Um, and he's, he's not afraid of the moment, but he had been playing pretty rough for the series. So I'm glad to see him stepping up. Um, I gave him out as my X factor because, um, when he's a like when he's on like he was tonight, that's a huge uh, relief for Luca because Luca literally touches the ball and makes and has an impact like on what's happening every single play of the offensive possession. There is not one possession unless yeah. Luca is off the floor that he does not come into contact with the ball, initiate the offense, or at least um, keep it going in some way. He touches the literally every play. Like he gets tired to, or he's going to like that's superhuman what he's doing. Yeah, um, so so it's it's great to have that second option. Yeah, my question for you guys is the the home team hasn't lost a game yet in this series, and I want to know: Do you guys think the Suns are just bad on the road because they struggled against the Pelicans as well um, on the road? So is it just the Suns struggling on the road, or is this Mavs team actually legit? So if the road affects Booker. Um, so, okay. So last game, not this game, but last game, we saw that they were able to win when CP three did not have a good game, but they were still able to win. So yeah. I'm hoping that Cam Johnson, um, plays well, uh, Booker plays well in front of the home crowd. Maybe that gets him going. Cause I know what Booker's like, and I know that he had a shit game tonight. He's going to be in the gym. He's probably in the gym right now. Like he's, he's going to be pumped for this game. I know he's going to get up for it. I'm excited to see what he ends up doing. I might bet on his player props. Um, but also, Cam Johnson needs to get in the game. He needs to, uh, like, just, you know, 
get like gets pumped up and we need Aiton to continue to play well. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think since we saw that they won without CP three, I think like, he's not going to be a factor next game. In my opinion, I, I just don't see him having a good game. He looked like he injured his hand on that last play. I have a feeling he either doesn't play or, uh, if he does play is as bad as he was the last three games, there's something going on. And, um, in that case, hopefully Booker Aiton and, uh, um, Cam Johnson can take the role that they need to take and, uh, win the game for him. Uh, I think this last game I don't really this was a, like a really impressive performance I know each home team has won the game but like this has this game was way more of a blowout I believe than the previous two and like it just felt really really in control the whole time um but I think this the Suns blew them out last game I think no, I was talking about when the when the when the maps yeah. the Suns at home. I know that a couple of the games were a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll go back and just take a peek at what. Like yeah, there were both nine and ten point wins. Um, this was by what twenty three. Yeah. yeah. Um, like and that, I yeah. think I don't know why I get this feeling, but I just feel like this is gonna be like that game where Luca just takes over. Luca magic. And he becomes. Like thrusted, I think Giannis has a firm hold on that one number one player. I think Luca is just right behind him at number two if he ends up winning this because I don't and no one expected it to be this close. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's a different argument about Luca at two, but we can do that another day. I think I disagree about the the home and road thing. I think the road is huge for the Suns. I think they're just bad on the road. And I think they're yeah. going to win this game seven. And I also disagree about Chris Paul. I believe in Chris Paul. I think he's going to have a good game. I think he might be uh, – I think he might have a big fourth quarter like we've seen him have even in this series, just closing out games. I think the Suns win it. And I don't know. I, I really – I'm concerned about the Suns because they're bad on the road. And if they lose one at home, they might be screwed. Um, but I think they win this game seven because it's home. And I think CP is going to show up. I think I think I'm betting on Luca. I think um, at the what he does offensively, like, oh, he he is he might be the most skilled offensive player, like at or he is definitely at his age, but like maybe in the NBA right now. I don't know. That's all that I don't know about. That. He's up there. He's definitely up He's there. He definitely can do up everything. There, yeah. His angles, his footwork, everything he does is almost perfect. Like just about perfect, really, and. Oh, he's, he's a joy to be able to watch. I just, um, like if he can, he played well defensively. Like he was not, I mean, they target him defensively every time because he's a liability, but he, if he gives a shit and puts an effort in defensively, that's a big thing. But if I, I trust him, like I, I do trust him to hit the big shot. He's a winner. I, I really, um, if it comes down to a close game, I'm really liking Luca. I'm, I, I'm comfortable uh, putting my eggs in Luca's basket for sure. I want to go back oh, yeah. to, a couple pods ago, before the series, Max said uh, this wouldn't be that big of an upset if Dallas wins. And me and Butsy said, no, this would be a huge upset, blah, blah, blah. What do you guys think? Is this a huge upset if Dallas wins? No. Uh, I think it is. It is I CP, think it is, too. CP's <laughs> years are numbered. Like the, like you said, this is, this is his best chance to win a ring. Yeah, yep. and they won – Dude, the Suns won. Oh, like in the games. grand scheme of things, it's a big upset. But I'm saying, like, it's not a surprising upset. Like, I would. Oh, I, I think so. They have Luka Doncic. Yeah, I think but it's, I mean, it's a very. 
sorry, are we talking after viewing the series or before viewing? Like, we're talking the like, series as a whole. If they win, like the after series. every, so we're including because like after watching the series, it's not shocking that they beat that they're beating the Suns right are now. Are you talking about like if it's if it like right now, like today, looking at Game Seven, you're not surprised that like that. I'm surprised that, that they're they've gone this far. No, the Sun. The Maverick, I mean, yeah, that's surprising with their personnel, I think, on paper. But then you look at, like, what they're doing. And they also have Luka Doncic, who's a fucking good player. Like, I, he might be one of the best players in the NBA right now. Like, that's the guys that you go out for. Like, the, he does special things. Guys, he beat the Clippers by himself. And Clippers have Kawhi and Paul George. Like, this is not, like, the first time he's done this. This is, it's Luka magic, baby. This is what he does. Like, you got to put your fucking uh, eggs in his basket, man. Let it ride. I think because of who the Suns are. They went to the finals last year. They won 64 games this year. They came in to the playoffs as the finals favorite. Uh, Chris Paul and D-Book seem to be this unstoppable duo, perfect fit, perfect role players, all that. And the Mavs, no one thought this was happening. I think this is a huge upset if the Mavs pull this off. I don't think they will, but if they pull this off, I think this is a huge upset. One of the bigger upsets that we've seen in the last probably five to six years. What do you think, Fag? Uh, I think this upset, it's not quite there, but it could be close to that Clippers upset in the bubble against the Nuggets. Um, not like the same situation, but mainly because, you know, this is probably Chris Paul's, like it's getting close. I mean, and he's not getting any younger. He's been banged up a couple years in a row now. Uh, like, I think it would be a huge upset. Yeah, and this this year is for the taking. Oh wait, who the fuck called that? What did I say? I said, "Are we going to account for a Chris Paul injury?" And you guys got on my ass about that, that shit, and you're like, "What are you talking about? You can't account that." Blah blah blah. blah. What do and, you mean? Uh, you can't yeah, no, it's going to happen. Is he I was saying, injured though? I was saying he he hurt his hand at the end of the game. I guarantee you, he's not. Oh, he's uh, I mean, like he's banged up. He's he's getting banged up. Like he the way he plays, the way he flops around, he gets banged up every time. Yeah, he's not a hundred percent. The way he's playing, why that that has to be a portion as to why. Yeah, I There's don't no want to blame it. I don't want to take credit away though from the Mavs defense. I mean, they're doing no, yeah, a really good job of getting the ball yeah. out of his hand, like quick. It's not a hundred percent injury. It's just I'm just saying that's a portion of it. And I said that we should account for Chris Paul getting injured. That's why I wasn't surprised that this series was going to go this way because I I figured that Chris Paul was going to get injured and then they have Luka fucking Doncic. Like it's not. Yeah. I'm surprised how bad Devin Booker played the last the last game. I'm surprised about that. The, the only think... thing, or sorry, I just I just want to say a quick thing. Just like the only thing I'll say just regards regarding an injury, like. Everyone's kind of banged up like in the playoffs. Um, I mean, like Luke is getting hit every play, so like I wouldn't necessarily. He got nuked in the face today. Yeah, I just think Bad. if you think Chris Paul has been injured this whole series, I just disagree. Not the whole series. No, not the whole okay, series. Okay, well, game. that's that's what's surprising. It if he he's been playing bad without an injury. If he hurt his hand at the end of this game, that's that's a different thing. No, there but... was a shift. He had like 28 points one game, and then the next game had five. Like it's been that, four that, straight games shift. with like 10 points or like 11 points. Yeah, on. I I think he got beat up in, somewhere in between those two games. Could account for it, or it was a defensive switch, or it was a little bit of both, or something we don't know. I don't. I know disagree. I disagree with the injury take. I think he's just playing bad, and that's why I'm surprised. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you guys have any closing thoughts on Game Seven? Um, I think like. This shows you some De- DeAndre in stock right now. Like this is a big game for him coming up. Uh, he's their offensive 
he's if Booker's not like Booker's going to have to take over offensively and then rely on Cam Johnson to fill the Booker role because I don't think Chris Paul is going to have a game. But if he ends up having a game, that's going to be different. But either way, they need DeAndre Ayton because he's the only one that can basically penetrate the perimeter that Dallas is locking down. They're not. I don't think they're. I think I don't think Phoenix is going to shoot well again. Um, because I think Dallas figured something out using the length approach. I think Frankie Smokes is going to get a lot of play time on um, CP3. So I think because of that, they need to unlock DeAndre Ayton. And um, I think he needs to have a massive game in order to help them win because that'll help them uh, offensively. And then defensively, they just need to lock down and do the best they can on Luka, which is going to be hard to do. He literally has 30 every night. It's ridiculous. Uh I'll just I really don't know how this game's gonna unfold. I I'm yeah. just surprised it's this far, but I think it'll be interesting to see like how how effective Chris Paul can be yeah. in this last game. Um and I think I agree getting DeAndre Ayton involved because they're trying to trap they're trying to trap him, get the ball out of his hands, like more up near yeah. the court. And they're they're like beating him up a little bit too. So <laughs> if he can make the right decisions. Uh, before you know, he has to get forced into a bad decision. I think that's going to be the X factor in the game. All right, uh, here's my closing thoughts. It's a it's a prediction. the The Suns are winning this by ten plus, maybe twenty. Uh, I think I think D book goes for twenty eight or more. And I think CP has twelve assists or more. I I really think this this road has bothered the Suns. I I like genuinely. I think the home team wins this series and. That's my prediction. I think Suns win this handily. I think they do shoot well, and they move on, and we'll see where it goes from there. Um, you know, I, I think one... we should do a little friendly wager because you know, I think it's Luca's time, dude. I think it's Luca's time, dude. He's yeah. the best player on the floor. Well, yeah. So that's what I was gonna say. This is this is the these are the moments that make the great players right here. So if Devin Booker and Luca they want to be considered all time greats, these are the fucking moments. So. Um, we're going to talk about a love cast wager coming up on the betting <laughs> segment. We're going to have Butsy on from the gambling couch, but right here, this is where the, um, legends are made. So I'm very excited to see what happens. Uh, we'll be coming up with some betting here in a little bit. All right. We're back with some betting. We're now joined with, um, another gambling couch member, Connor Butts. Uh, we're going to give you guys some plays for Friday, May 13th. So let's hear from Butsy. What do you got for us? Uh, my first play. Uh, I have a clinical case of the hiccups, by the way, so I'm just going to try and fire through these. Uh, Mets minus one and a half tomorrow. Um, Scherzer's on the hump, on the bump. They're a phenomenal – I mean, he's been pitching lights out all year, um, and I expect the Mets bats to uh, do shit, which is great. Um, second bet of the night is uh, Penguins minus 105 at home. Penguins money line against the Rangers. Um, I know the Rangers are probably the better team, but I still think the Penguins are really good at home. And I think they're a great team themselves, and I think they can get it done. And then my final play of the day is Warriors minus eight and a half. Um, I think the spread is really big, or obviously the spread's big, but it's big for a reason. I think the Warriors are going to cover the eight and a half and cover and uh, and uh, close out the Grizzlies at home. Good plays. Um, I got uh, the the Bucks spread. I know um, all you Boston fans out there are probably hating my guts, but a fun little thing that I like to do is bet against my own teams. That way, when I'm uh, devastated if we lose, at least I win some money. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Um, whatever their number is, I'll take it. JD. 
Oh, I know you're going to make fun of me, Max, but <laughs> fucking I, player. Prop. <laughs> I, I looked at the spreads. I looked at both totals for these NBA games. I didn't like it. I like the props. I take it back. I wholeheartedly take it. I apologize, um, dude. I've been, I've been playing them. They've been hitting for me. All right. The, the, I don't love the props either, but if you're going to make me take a pick, I'm taking Jalen Brown over 23 and a half points. We got our backs against the wall. Uh, Jalen, Jalen took over for a stretch last game. I don't want to talk about last game, but he did take over for a stretch. And it was, I mean, I I have faith in him. I I think he's, uh, I think he's going to have a solid game. 23 and a half is too low for Jalen in a, in a game where our backs against the wall. So 23 and a half minus 124. Flag, what do you got? No no more Celtics talk. (laughs) All right. I got three plays, two baseball. The first one. Marlins money line. That's going to be plus money tomorrow. Pablo Lopez is on the mound. He's been arguably the best pitcher in baseball with a one ERA. And also Drew Rasmussen is going to pitch better than Kevin Gosman. Tampa Bay Rays money line. That will also be plus money. Drew Rasmussen is beginning to break out. And my last pick, I've been on the bucks the whole, I've been on the bucks the whole series. But the Celtics are winning this game. Wow. Wow. And then the Bucs are going to beat them in game seven on the the Celtics court. (laughs) Hey, listen, it's a back and forth series. I do think the Bucs are the better team when at full strength. But, I mean, they are down Middleton, and they've been adjusting still, like making adjustments, and it's a back and forth series. So I do think they're going to win this one. I love love the logic. Okay, so – so let's let's do a little uh, family play here, boys. I'm thinking we take the Bucks money line, the uh, or sorry, the whoa, Celtics whoa, money. Whoa. Sorry, 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 sorry. The Celtics money line. Yeah, there we go. Bucks spread. Whoa! At, at, at an adjusted number. At an adjusted number. I, I think so close. Wild parlay. Yeah, and then we'll throw some other shit on there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we can't do it. We can't do a lay with conflicting Celtics and Bucks. No, I might. If I had to pick a play, I would take uh, the Mets play. Mets minus one and a half with Scherzer. No, a family. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I'm saying for the family play. For for my family play, that is my pick. If you're listening and you want to take a parlay, choose either Figs or Max's pick. Either Celtics money line or Bucks spread. And then do Um, my Jalen Brown over and Butsy's Mets. Oh, no, I have the Celtics money. Or, uh, sorry, spread. Yes, one and a half. Plus, I yeah, come on, plus we're plus. not. Come on, we're not. We're not. We're not paying premiums here. Come no, on. no, no. <laughs> Lines like, come I, on, that are that minus. Nah, I agree. No, they're they're plus one and a half, I believe, right? No, Celtics are minus one and a half. Well, according to Bleacher Report, they're plus one and a half. Which is really? Yeah. I think they are plus one and a half. Oh, opened then at, yeah, opened at plus one and a half. Oh Eight. my bad. No, I, I'll 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 take the points. Yeah, always. I always I agree. Love the points. Love the points. Though. Plus one and a half. There you go. Dude, yeah, all the all those games have been so close. I like I like the points as well. Um, all right, do we want to make a player prop parlay then? I like. Um, can you do same game player props uh, on Fanduel? I think you can, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah, can. dude, I like Tatum's over. Um, maybe you can get it at an adjusted number because on my book, uh, I was able to get it at like twenty six and a half for a pretty good number, and then. Um, I parlayed that with the Jaron Jackson under rebounds, which for the fucking first time in this series, by like second quarter, he had seven fucking rebounds. Seven. Ridiculous. That's, he has a rebound. That's for you. Dude. Oh, my, I took it out of Justin line too. And I got a nice little payout. It was like, I don't know, plus 300 rods or some shit. And um, fucking 
uh, whatever. It was going to be like under eight and a half rebounds and he had seven already. And it was ridiculous. Anyway, th- besides the point, but uh, yeah, maybe we can make a little player prop parlay. Does anyone have a prop that we want to add to those two, the Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum over on points? Uh, you know what? I think Max Scherzer is going to shove tomorrow. I'm not sure if the Mets are wearing the black jerseys, but it's Friday. Damn. He's going to get fucking, black he's going to get amped up. His one Dude, eye, yeah. you know, his little one yeah. colored eye over here. Another <laughs> like blue, this is black. Yeah. And he's be going to be yeah. fucking nuts on the mound. Friday, dude, he's gonna be amped in New York. Yeah, over, but I don't care what it is, just over, <laughs> just over the case. Yeah, <laughs> all right. So, I got one. Um, Grayson Allen's prop didn't hit by a half point last game, finished with eight. The line was eight and a half, or I gave out eight and a half. Um, I'm not gonna give out Grayson Allen, I'm gonna give out uh, Wesley Matthews over six and a half. That's good. Um, play. I think this That's is a, a game, really good play. I think this is a game where he can, um, I think we're going to be really focused on stopping uh, the main culprits of the series. I think that Wesley Matthews is capable of creating a few buckets for himself and hitting an open three. He used to be known as kind of like more of a shooter, um, but now he's kind of transitioned into a pure defender. But I still think that he'll be able to create some shots for himself uh, and gets that seven-point mark. And if not create, get fouled and gets a line. We're back. We want to talk a little friendly wager between me and Feigenbaum in this Suns versus Mavs game. So the spread is out. The Suns are minus six in game seven. I am taking uh, the Suns money line. If the Suns win the game, Feigenbaum will give me $10. If the Mavs win the game, I'll give him 21. That is the love cast friendly wager. Um, for, first of the cast, Feig, talk about it. I mean, I have Ranger looked at He doesn't. So, I mean, <laughs> I feel pretty good. <laughs> Hey, Jordan, you know what I'm taking from that game? Jordan, you know what I'm going to take from that game? Chris Paul unders. I, that's a bad idea. I dare you. I dare you. Yeah, I dare take, you. Take I'm his assist under. Game, I in, a game seven, in a game seven at <laughs> I dare home. you. I, yeah, we, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, He's got there's 15 Chris assists. Paul. He has the basketball. He has the torch. And Luca is going to take it from him. <laughs> it just feels like a free $10 to me. But, yeah, I mean, we'll see. This is going to be fun. Chris Paul is uh, – I don't know. We'll see. It's we'll have to see what he does. Wait, does anyone else want in on this? I mean, we can can, uh, keep it coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Keep it coming. Um, Hold on. Um, No, it's the fact that the Suns are at home. I I just don't. uh, I don't know. You were just talking about how you would take the Suns spread. I, I, I would take the sun spread, but I, that doesn't mean I don't want in on this. I'm probably going to bet on the spread anyway. Yeah, so put your money where your mouth is. I can't afford If I wanted to put my money where my mouth is, I wouldn't bet fucking spreads, dude. Yeah, because I'm going to bet the spread and get minus 110 yeah. uh, juice instead of paying plus 200 juice if I <laughs> if they if they lose. Because they also All have right. Luka fucking Doncic. All right, well, we're kind of right. going down. Yeah. Uh, let's, path, uh, yeah. let's wrap this. Um, Feig's going to owe me crisp tenor. In a couple days, but Chris good, Tanner. good pod, boys. Uh, Chris Jackson, fun. what is it? Andrew Jackson. I'm gonna <laughs> slap a Jackson on your knee or some <laughs> shit. I don't know. <laughs> All right, good pod, boys. Uh, we'll we'll be we'll uh, be back on uh, Monday with some reactions to the UFC podcast and some other stuff. Uh, talk to y'all Max, later. Bye. Max, thank, Max and Jordan, thanks for having me. Peace. Of course, bye. Good stuff, fellas. <laughs> good shit, <Bag> boys. <laughs>